as well as hearing a short extract from the play Caterpillar, wrote by Alison Carr and voiced by any actor, Jackie Lai. But first, because it's International Women's Day, I thought I'd do something a little bit different. I invited my fellow presenters from student and community radio station Spark, broadcasting from the University of Sunderland, to chat just about being a female, really. Here, I'm joined by Hannah Phipps, Jess Robinson, Alethea Farline and Molly Rowe. So, firstly, to be honest, I want to sort of say that we have a mutual who is our manager. And he once said to me, Emma, do you realise that there's, like, inequality? And at the time, I was like, no, I don't realise it. I've never seen it. I've never had to experience it when I was growing up. I never had to experience it university the only time I've experienced sort of inequality as a woman has been trying to get jobs and trying to make it in the industry that I want to make it aka radio and I want to open that question up to you have you sort of experienced anything like that when was it did you realize like maybe at school or maybe middle school high school college did you realize that you know there is inequality and I'm, I'm not really digging it I think a bit like you, like I was, I didn't really realise until I started looking at radio stuff. So in like, in particular, um, I work with a lot of musicians um, and I wanted to do a show that was all women, just female artists. And it was harder than I thought it would be to fill an entire hour worth of brand new music from women. And I was like, wow, I really don't get a lot of female artists in my inbox at all. And I was I was quite shocked, to be honest, because I always thought I did quite a, a decent job of being fairly equal um, in the music that I play. But I don't think I am as good as I could be. Alethea, what, what do you say on the subject? It's really interesting because in terms of jobs, I feel like trying to get into industries such as radio journalism, anything like that, there is an equality. And I know there's a lot more... Um, stigma and trolling of like female journalists for example than there are male journalists and it's really interesting because I know these things exist but I've never experienced it because in an educational workplace or facility everyone is pretty much equal and everyone's always taught to be equal everyone's you know like your professors would never discriminate against you so I think for me, I haven't started applying for jobs yet, but it's going to be really interesting to make that transition and move from something that's very comfortable and very equal to then have to go into a place where it might not always be that way. And I might have to speak up a little bit more, raise my voice a little bit more. See, I'm I'm with Alethea here. I think uni is quite a comfortable position at the moment where there isn't a lot of inequality, but I haven't always wanted to be a journalist. I haven't always wanted to be on the radio. Um, and I've had many, 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 many different career prospects through my um meager 21 years of life and 
I've wanted to be a police officer. There's quite a bit of inequality there um, with men being stronger, using quotation marks here, but men being stronger than women. Um, I went to catering college for a year and I found a lot of inequality in catering college because lads can get away with anything. Um, There was a lot of uh, sort of inequality around uh, work, the quality of work produced at catering college, but also then like on top of that, they got away with a lot of harassment to the female students at catering college, which um, I mean, we just didn't harass the boys, but the boys harassed us, which I would say is an inequality. Um, So I don't know if it's just where I grew up that's particularly bad for it, but um, I'd say I experienced inequality throughout my life. It's so interesting that all of us at sort of a similar age have such different stories and such different outlooks. Um, To be honest, I wanted to sort of start the podcast with how are you sort of coping with lockdown? Now, we are on a a little Google, what is it? A Teams meeting. Get it right, Emma. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. I did have my jammies on beforehand and I thought, you know what? I don't want to look like a tramp, so I'm going to put a jazzy shirt on. Then I sort of started thinking and was like, why am I deciding that I'm putting this on? Who am I Who am I trying to impress here? Am I impressing you girls? Or am I just trying to just keep myself happy by putting a nice shirt on? And I did convince myself that it was a bit of both. It was to save you from having to look at me um, in my jammies. Um, and also that, you know, putting something nice on makes you feel better. And I know Hannah, she's sat in there with her makeup on. So... <laughs> I've been doing that during lockdown. Have you guys, have you girls been doing the same? Hannah? <laughs> yes, I, what I've found actually, um, I've had the freedom, what feels like the freedom to kind of make my, do what I want, essentially. I mean, I've obviously, I've always had that freedom, but because the only people I'm seeing is my family, um, it's up to me how I look. Um, so, you know, I spent, a lot of the first lockdown, not wearing any makeup. My skin is fantastic now. <laughs> um, but I having the ability to think, well, I'm going to put this on and enjoy putting it on and then just sit and watch something on the telly um, feels quite good. It feels better than having to wear it out for other people. Um, and I think I've enjoyed wearing it a lot more around the house than I have done going outside. <laughs> Molly, you changed from your um, dressing gown into a nice jumper well I did as soon as you as soon as you mentioned that it this may be going on social media I thought you know we should Mm. probably keep up the appearances on social media um which I think is kind of a blessing and a curse of it in general I think a lot of people are trying to keep up appearances at the moment when not we're not necessarily um doing doing or looking our best but um yeah I, I chucked a jumper on um but I I find with the makeup thing, I've been getting more experimental with makeup. Um, I, I spent £40 the other day on some water-activated UV um, eyeliners. Uh, like, a 40 quid because I bought loads of different colours. But I just thought it was like, I've got the time to perfect sort of new and exciting looks um, that I can use out when we're finally allowed out of the house. Um so yeah, I've been enjoying that, but I have been enjoying makeup free days as well. So it's been a bit of both for me. I'm kind of in between. Like, I haven't been wearing makeup anywhere near as much as I would, which has its perks. Like, my skin is better. 
And, you know, I'm definitely saving money in the long haul because I'm not going to be buying foundation as more often as I would. But I have kind of chilled out a bit more. I used to like always have me tan done, always have me nails done. And like I haven't worn tan in months, which has saved me so much time in exfoliation and so much time <laughs> in like application and waiting for it to dry. But sometimes I do catch myself and I'm like, oh, I look so different. Or like I don't like it. Um so yeah it's a bit weird and I don't know if you guys have found this but sometimes when I do put makeup on like these days like I'll forget because I barely do it and I'll look in the mirror and be like who is that <laughs> oh, hello oh look at you with your eyebrows on so yeah it's it's half and half I kind of enjoy not wearing it as much but it's quite nice to just put it on and feel a little bit more put together and and feel a bit bit more you know pleasant in yourself a bit more self-confidence a little bit of a boost on a Saturday, I um, I, treat, I think it's a Saturday. I would normally be going out, so I'm going to put some makeup on, even if it's just to have a prosecco in the house. But I've found out that it's sort of the opposite of Alethea that I catch myself in the mirror with makeup on. And I go, oh, I don't like it anymore because I'm so used to seeing my make my face my face without makeup on that I'm mm. like, who is that person? It's not really me. I've got used to being me, and I'm proud that. You know, I can leave the house with no makeup on. When I was at school, my God, like, I wouldn't leave the house without putting something on my face. Um, so I'm quite proud of myself in that sense. Jess, what about you? Well, for starters, the attire, I'm just wearing a hoodie, so I haven't really uh, stretched that far to look in there, prim and proper and all nice. I've got a bit of makeup on, though. I think some of it might have smudged off, like, because I've had it on quite well now. And I'm uh, prone to, like, forgetting that I've got eyeliner on and, like, knowing you smudge your eye and totally forget that you've got makeup on, you're just, like, all over your face and stuff. Um, I don't know, like, a good point for me at the minute, because obviously I'm working from home and our contract's just changed at work and I've been feeling really crap because I'll just wake up literally, like, 15 minutes before I have to log into work. So I'm just literally in a dressing gown all day and it did make us feel like crap. But since I've, like done this started this new contract I thought from Monday I'm going to get up get a shower get up earlier and get ready as if I'm going out to work and like the difference is amazing how different I feel like actually getting ready even though I'm sat for eight hours on a computer at home I just feel so much better for it just mad but to be fair I'm not really a massive makeup person anyway like if I'm no good with makeup to be honest like I'm really not like no people can do all this contouring and stuff I just really don't have a clue but I just, I don't know, I just can't stand foundation. I just don't wear it anymore. It does make a difference in my skin and stuff. But I think, to be honest, I've become a lot happier in myself lately. Like, I feel really more comfortable in my skin and the way I am. So I'm not bothered. I go out all the time without makeup on. I just couldn't couldn't care less, to be honest. I'm just, like, just enjoying life and just going for it. Um, I sort of want to bring in, because we're all radio people, we've all done a show, We've I want to sort of bring Alicia into it. Obviously, you do the In Her Shoes, which is all about, you know, inspiring women. What has been the most sort of interesting topic you've covered on the show so far? Oh, that's a really good question. It's not the most interesting topic, but one of the more interesting things that came out of it was we have an Italian woman on it, and in Italy, they have, like, period parties. And it's just, like, a thing. Like, whenever you, like, start your period, or it's, like, coming of age, like, everyone has this huge party. And, like, when she started, like, the entire street knew, like, all of her family knew, like, before she'd really processed it. So I just thought that was really interesting. And it was just a really interesting discussion about different cultures and how we all relate to different things that are just innately female. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just probably one of the more interesting facts that came out of it rather than like an actual topic funny you should mention that because that. actually um 
I'm quite I've, I've got like connections with people in Sri Lanka and I'm always in Sri Lanka and obviously their culture their way of life and um, their sort of attitudes towards women are very very different and it's funny you mentioned that about the period parties because over there they have exactly the same but it's more sort of degrading for the woman or the the boys in in their culture come over and they they view the girl that is now the woman. And to be honest, I still to this day have never told my mom that I started. And it's it's the fact of being so open about it in different cultures that if it was me, maybe if I was brought up in that culture, I would embrace it and it would be exciting. But for me, it's it's still and it's horrible to say at the age of twenty three that I still get embarrassed by it. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think it's something that you should really be embarrassed about, but I understand it. And I wonder if we had them parties or we had the same sort of culture, would we would we be different now? Would we not be embarrassed talking about it? Would we be more, would we be more open? Would we, like, sort of share how we're feeling about it and things like that? So I wonder if it would have been different if we did the same thing. It's quite interesting. Might yeah. have to uh, bring it in <laughs> for the next generations. See if it makes a difference. I think in this country we do have that very like stiff British upper lift, don't we? We're like, oh, you can't possibly talk about that. Or like, oh no, oh, you yeah. can't, you can't do that. So yeah, it is quite interesting. And I think it is partly because of the culture. Um, I mean, even in like sex ed, like you get taken at like different rooms, don't you? And it's like the boys can do this, the girls can do this. So yeah, I think it's it's partly to do with that. And I think it's also just partly like innately British to like not talk about any bodily functions at all <laughs> or anything that could be deemed like unsavory, I guess. Um, but yeah, I used to be like embarrassed about it until I realized that, like I said before, there's just so many things I didn't know when I started talking more with my female friends, not just about periods, but about like the entire body um, or like loads of different things that I'd experienced. I realized like how normal certain things are and how you know, we should be talking more. So now I'm an open book. I mean, I talk about it on the radio, so that says everything <laughs> you really need to know about me. Like, I don't really care at this point. Absolutely, I totally agree. It's it's having these conversations that, you know, will make it acceptable for other people to carry on them conversations, say, you know, oh, did you hear that? It's even a way of sort of, you know, getting young people to talk about it. Maybe it's in their favourite podcast and go, did you hear that episode? It's a way of getting you to talk about without saying look this has happened and I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed and they don't know how to talk about it one of the topics that you have recently covered um in in her shoes um was <laughs> contraception and I found it really really interesting because um I'm going to be really honest and I would love to get your thoughts on it I've never been on anything in my entire life I've always used condoms and but I've never been on anything it scared me and it wasn't till recently, you know, I've got a new partner and, you know, I just don't know why I felt like this. But I'm like, you know what, maybe it's time. And I said it in my in these words, maybe it's time for me to grow up and I should do something about it and stop being Emma Millen. And honestly, I can feel myself getting bright red because I'm so, it, pardon the pun, I'm such a virgin about it. So... <laughs> How are you guys in in talking about it, and you know what experiences have, have you guys had as well? Yeah, like I've I've been on pretty much everything apart from like the coil, and I've always had side effects with like everything. So it wasn't until very recently I was like, get it out. Like I was on the implant last. I was like, just take it out. I haven't put anything back in. I don't want to be on anything. I just quite like being natural, and I also really like the fact that I can now like, track my cycle. I know exactly what's happening, whereas before it was just all over the place and it was a mess. 
and I think it's really interesting when you said you need to like grow up about it I don't think it's anything to do with like age or like how grown up you are I think it's it's just completely individual if you don't want to be on anything it doesn't mean you're like a child or like pubescent it just means you don't want to shove artificial hormones in your body which is completely valid and something I wish I hadn't done when I was like the age of 15. I think it's interesting as well because um as I said I've thought right I've got to grow up and it is a horrible thing to say and I always said to anyone that said you know what what are you doing why aren't you doing this why aren't you on this why aren't you on why don't you try that and I was just like you know what the reason I'm not is because I don't agree with messing with my body and I use that messing in quotation marks because you know I thought that stopping something that's natural is wrong and in my eyes and at the time when I was younger that's how I was brought up and that's how I thought and now people ask me right so what if you did get pregnant what what's going to happen then and you say well I'd get rid of it and they say well you're messing there so why you why you're not you're messing in quotation marks there so what's the crack am I like you need to you need to think about it and I did think about it and I thought you know what people are right like you've got to look after yourself I didn't like the thought of messing with my body in the quotation marks because we are but it's not as in depth in my head as what I thought it was and I think I was overthinking it and I think putting it off and putting it off and putting it off makes you worse Hannah you are nodding like a, a bobblehead what's your thought <laughs> <A> bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I, I I mean I agree with you that like everyone thinks it's so polarizing like I'm against it and I don't want anything in my body or I'm totally for it and give me all of the hormones when actually it's (laughs) it's a lot more complicated like that for everyone because you've got to involve your personal feelings and not just your body as well but also your body as well and different things work for different people I mean I've had (laughs) I've had a full a full journey um I mean I, I went on the pill when I was um 16 and it was I it wasn't a fun adventure I didn't enjoy it and then I've had three various different um IUDs um and I had some really bad times with that and now I'm having the best contraception time of my life very happy 10 out of 10 um but we're we're always because it's not talked about and because it's so dividing and you shouldn't be doing this because I'm doing that when really it should be a much softer and wider conversation that so people can explore things a little bit better and not feel like they're doing the right and wrong thing because at the end of the day there isn't a right or wrong it's whatever's best for you my story I'll probably be a little bit different I don't know if there's like much of an age gap because I'm like 28 now and I'm sure I think a few of you are quite younger than what I am I've got the coil so I've been through that journey as well Hannah I've had pills implants the one thing I didn't have is the injection and I thought that's one I've never really known much about all I heard is someone say it goes in your bum apparently so that was like um I don't think I'm up for that but yeah I've pretty much been through them all and had like that sort of struggle with it but the reason why I'm on the coil and obviously I'm not really bothered about talking about it as much now because I used to be quite embarrassed about it and used to be quite scared but basically I had an abortion because I was just too young at the time. It was actually before I came to uni and I wouldn't have been at uni if I'd, you know what I mean, if I'd had um, had went through with it and stuff like that. So that's the reason I'm on the coil now. Like I got offered that and I think it happens quite a lot if you go through that or if you have a miscarriage, things like that. I think the coil is something that they do offer you. And to be honest, it's been quite good because five years without any periods at all. So... I'm getting it. I'm getting it taken out in October this year, and I'm really not looking forward to having a period because, like, 
for some I've kind of forgot what it's like to have a period and I know that sounds crazy but I'm just like oh my god what am I going to be like when I get it taken out because I'm kind of sort of I don't know whether to get it back in again because you can like get it taken out and get another one fitted straight away and that's another five year because it covers you for five year I don't know whether to do that or a part of us was thinking do I leave it out and let me body have a break from having these things let it go back to normal and see how I am but then I'm kind of scared of the massacre that's going to happen when I get it out and I start getting periods again I'm going to be like oh no so I'm just kind of in the middle of not sure what to do at the moment but yeah that's the reason why I've got the coil and I'm kind of that's another thing I'm sort of maybe should be talked about a little bit more the fact that I think people are so sort of ashamed maybe is the right word I used to be ashamed thinking oh, I feel awful that I've went and like had this abortion and when I was there at the time and it all happened I was like crying my eyes out my mum was with us I was like oh, I feel awful there's so many people who can't have kids and I'm doing this but her words to us were this is your journey it's your life this is your decision because it's right for you not for anybody else sort of thing and it was it kind of made us feel a bit better but at the time I was just so emotional with it all going on but it was right for me because I mean I was way too young the guy that it was with was just like no that would have just ended, ended in absolute carnage if that had carried on it just wasn't right and like I say I wouldn't have went to uni and done what I've done and done radio stuff and all that kind of thing if I'd made a different decision so I guess it's like that's one thing for me I do think like I do I just talk no I don't exactly talk about it all the time now but if anything gets brought up I'm just more honest about it like yeah I've had an abortion it's just the way it was that was my life decision and it was right for me and that's kind of where I'm gonna go (laughs) thank you for being so open and honest about it I sort of want to ask you um did you feel like there was sort of stigma about like surrounded by that word abortion did you feel like you couldn't tell people or was it the fact that you you felt like you had to hide it or was it just the emotions you were going through I think there is really because if I'm honest abortion it doesn't sound like a very nice word I don't know if you agree but it sounds awful so I think like oh I've had I know I've obviously just said it there I've had an abortion but just it's not a nice word it sounds like it is awful because it wasn't a very nice experience that I went through you know what I mean and it's not like I know there is sort of some people who wouldn't really care and be like oh just get rid of it which I also like sort of when people say oh get rid of it like it another thing like people just say that and some people don't agree with it like oh why would you say that but other people just don't really care about it but I think for me as well it was really emotional because I didn't just think I'm getting rid of this baby I don't care I was really like crying my eyes out I was thinking about all the women in the world who struggle to have kids and I'm doing this look at me I could have had one but I'm just making this decision and like I say that's why I was just sort of so emotional all over the place so I do worry now though that because I'm not really sure if I if I want kids or not. I haven't really made that decision. For me, with my life, I kind of just go with the flow. And if it's going to happen, it will happen sort of thing. And hopefully then I'm actually ready that time and not just kind of like, ah, I'm too young. I haven't lived my life. But, like, it's just it's mental as well because I just think that's another thing. It sort of goes through your head thinking, like, what went through my head was, will I be able to live my life if, if I have a baby? All these sort of questions go around in your head. And your mind's just honestly like, obviously, Nano, you've having experienced it, but you just don't understand how much stuff goes on in your head thinking, can I, will I still be able to do this? Will I still be able to do that? Will I get any help? Will this happen? Will that happen? It's just sort of, your mind's a bit crazy, I think. And that's another thing. Like, one of the things is obviously, you do sit back and think, am I going to be judged because of it? And I know there is people out there who do judge. And now, I think back then, I would have been a bit more bothered by that. But now I'm like, 
judge is all you want, but I made the right decision for me and my life's the way it is because of that decision. So it's not like I don't care. Like I always say to people, I do really care a lot because if I didn't care, I wouldn't have been there crying my eyes out and sort of like an absolute mess if that was the case. But I don't know. It, it is something that I think is a bit... Too many people shame people for it. And I think that's why people aren't open about it and people don't talk about it. So we're all on different levels. You know, yeah, you are a little bit older than us. I'm not that far behind you. And I'm sure the people in here aren't that far behind you either. Um, it, yeah. all, it is all about, you know, it is your body. It is what when you decide you're ready. I'm just deciding that I'm ready to go on something. You've made the decision that, you know, that wasn't the right time for you. We all make our mm -hmm. own decisions at our own time. It's important to make sure that that's that's reciprocated in in young girls when they're growing up that it is okay to do your own thing at your own time my next sort of thing was on the back of it when you were saying um to give your body a break yeah do everybody else think that you know that they, they felt like they have to give their body a break or do you think that i've decided what i'm doing i'm, I'm carrying on I'm, I'm doing whatever and i'm okay with it i'm going to carry on do you think that you you have to give your body a break I am in a similar place to Jess, I think, where I'm on an IUD at the moment. Mine gets taken out next October rather than this October. And I haven't had a, I haven't had a, not, a normal period, quotation marks, because <laughs> periods are weird and different for everyone. I haven't had a normal yeah. period since I was 15, um, which, you know, it's been lovely for my, lovely for my expensive underwear, but <laughs> feels really sort of unfeminine almost I know periods are like bloody and messy and horrible to go through but at the same time I'm, I feel almost um like almost unwomanly if that makes sense I feel like I should have a period but then at the same time I enjoy all the benefits of being on contraception um so it's it's strange I feel like I think I think it's one of those things where you just if you need to take a break your body will tell you I think mm. I think at the moment I am so terrified of being pregnant that the thought of taking a break from contraception is just mm. not on the cards. When I've had serious pregnancy scares over the past couple of years, like the amount that it affected me and the amount that it scared me and like mm. messed with my mental health, that a break would just not be on the cards in the future anytime soon. <laughs> um, and it, I think I think also the conversation about um, being natural and going back to your natural hormones is quite interesting as well I think I need to think more about where I sit with it overall to, to begin with because I've only really heard people talk about wanting to kind of be with their own hormones um fairly recently and it's something that I never really thought about I was like whoa some people actually just want to be like that and that's that makes sense that makes sense so yeah. um yeah it's opened it's opened my mind a little bit I think it's interesting what you said about like the pregnancy scares because I say I've just came off mine now, but like the reason I did that was because being on contraception since I was 15, so that's like eight years. And over the past year, I just kept having like breakthrough bleeds. And then I had a period for like eight weeks consecutively. And I was like, nah, absolutely not. This is just getting expensive and sanitary products, if anything else. So got rid of it. And I absolutely love just being natural. But it is interesting because at the moment, I've been with my partner for like, a year and a half and we're quite like stable and I don't think I'd have came off if I was single because right now if anything happened 
I mean, he lives in London, so it's been a very dry lockdown, so nothing is going to go on there. <laughs> but if anything did happen, I would, like, have his support and would get rid of it, I think. But then, you know, we would he'd be able to support me through that. Whereas if I was single and we weren't locked inside, you know, I, I think I'd be absolutely terrified because I wouldn't know how to cope with that and I wouldn't know, like if I could make that choice if that makes any sense so it is really interesting what you say about like pregnancy scares and like how to deal with that I mean even doing this podcast honestly I have um comments from males even my male friends just because you know they're supporting me doing the podcast I go Emma I never realized that about you girls and although we're sort of we're sort of pushing them out of the conversation, being like, right, this is what we're here. We're talking about it. We're lasses. We understand it. But I suppose, yeah, it is interesting that we we should we shouldn't close the door behind them and say, right, leave us. It's girls' night. We're off. You're off. Go and do something with the lads. Um, invite them in and, and and talking about it is so much better because I've done the same. I've realised that I want to do something because I've I've, I've spoke to my partner about it and. I think it's one of them things that you, you you learn through relationships. Obviously, when you're first starting out in relationships, I speak for the lads of my age. They're not particularly forthcoming on female issues. Um, but I have a bit of a lockdown bow at the moment and he's older than me. And I felt embarrassed the other day to admit that I had cramps. Um, and I just thought it was like, why am I? Like, we're all humans. Um, and like he's older than he's lived longer than me so he's known more women than I have like he he knows that women go through cramps and yet like I'm you know uncomfortably in a ball in the corner dealing with these cramps he's like what's wrong with you and I didn't want to tell him Um, and I think if we got men involved more involved in sort of the conversation around periods and contraception and you know all the issues that a lot of females usually have to deal with by themselves we'd just be a lot less embarrassed as a society it is important you know not even in just talking to your boyfriend or your partner um about about stuff like this it's important to bring the men into the conversation in general because the men are the ones in power you know you you're just as good as me you should be on exactly the same wage exactly the same pedestal as i'm on but just because i'm a man i got here first so I think that conversation about, you know, talking to lads or talking to your partner, talking to your boyfriends about stuff, it's actually needed on a, a, a bigger scale completely. You're absolutely right, Emma. You see, you do talk some sense sometimes. I want to say a massive thank you to Hannah, Jess, Alethea and Molly for joining me. And if you want to carry the conversation online, please do so. Use the hashtag AnyLastCan and don't forget to follow us while you're there. joined by the absolutely amazingly talented Faye Fantaro. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. There is some new stuff happening at the moment, but I want to go all the way back to the start. You got into music a bit different. What is your story? So I think it's the cliche from childhood, like you sing, um, like watch X Factor and think, oh, I could have a go at that. And um, just sing in front of the TV. And then I was in the choir uh, at school, in my local primary school. And I always, I'd always enjoyed singing, and uh, I think songwriting sort of came about as a bit of a, a bit of a joke really, because I was always, you know, when you're younger, you're always trying to make people laugh, trying to 
sort of like be the center of attention in some way uh, so I'd like write jokey songs and to be honest I used to absolutely rip into my sister when I was younger <laughs> and do like little like jingles about her and stuff like that so I think that's where songwriting came from and then a lot of it was if I didn't know the words to a song I'd just make them up <laughs> um so that was always something that I like doing in my spare time when I was really young and then I got my first guitar when I was 10 and I think at that stage I sort of thought I was like doggy to like do music which is daft but like it was sort of like it wasn't what everybody else around me was doing and I was one of those kids who liked to be the sheep and would follow and be like oh well if they're not doing it then I shouldn't do it and it wasn't until I was 15 I sort of just started picking up the guitar more and thought all right okay this is something that I actually enjoy and I can do and just started to like teach myself things from there and then yeah, I took it a bit more seriously around that age as well, I think with my songwriting as well, and just the two went hand in hand, and I was like, right, okay, this is probably something I should give a go then. Why didn't you think it was, you know, serious at the time when you were young and you thought, you know, people aren't going into this industry, people aren't doing what I'm doing. What was daunting about it? Why didn't you want to do it? Why didn't you think it was serious? I think with the environment you grow up in, I think it was sort of, it was easier to follow the crowd um, it was safer to sort of wind your neck in and be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get the mic taken out of us if I do something like this and start playing the guitar and say that I do music. And it, I found it a lot easier to sort of be that kid that just went along with what other people were doing. Much to my dismay now, like, if I could go back in time, I'd give her a good slap and say, just pull yourself <laughs> together, kid. Like, you can do more than just follow the crowd. Um, but I think that was more to do with it. I don't think it was a lack of enjoyment. It was just more I was worried about what, like, friends would think at the time. Personally, for me, I paint. I class myself as an artist. But was it maybe a thing for you that, you know, you, you can't really class yourself or, or say that you're a professional musician because mm. you can't study it. You can't get a qualification to say I'm a singer or a songwriter. Was it a bit of that? Oh, yeah, massively. In fact, I think that's probably like hit the nail on the head because especially even when I was 15, I mean, it was my mum who was like, who turned around and she said, look, this is the point you're going to have to decide whether you actually want to do this or whether it's just something you're going to do in your room. And I think it was even at that point, I was sort of so worried about what would people think because I didn't want people to think that I was going out there and being like a right narcissistic little freak with a guitar who was just like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm a singer. Like, I didn't want people to be like, no, no, you're not. Like, sit down. And I think that was massively what it was. Because like you say, there's no thing, like, there's no set path for you to be like, oh, okay, well, I can establish myself as this now. Um, so I think a lot of it was, like, worried about whether people would think, oh, God, she's a bit up herself thinking that she can come out with that guitar and just say that she's a singer now. <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, I can totally relate. Because I just think, when can I say that I am an artist? I am professional, uh-huh. you know? Even though, you know, I can get commissions and I can charge people for my work I think that's quite the same with um, being a musician that you you, char- you don't charge people for your work but you're saying listen to my song and I created this and appreciate it I don't know you can't really push it on anybody any other way I don't think yeah exactly it is it's hard isn't it because it's sort of like you don't want to be pushy but at the same time that's what you have to do mm-hmm. um it's, it's a really hard balance I think yeah <laughs> you've got to say I'm here this is what I yeah. do and if you want to enjoy it enjoy it if you didn't want to enjoy it you didn't have to but at least I'm here and I'm doing my thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so you got involved with the young musicians project didn't you yeah I did yeah Tell me a bit about that. So I got, it was my sister who was, I think she, she'd heard about it through like our friends. Um, 
and she was like oh this group could be good for you and it was the same thing I was like oh but like is it like I, I was like quite nervous about going into like a group of people like that because I had my songs and I had my music but I was like oh these will all be like way ahead of me like I don't even know what a chord is I sort of like <laughs> she was just like no come on go if you don't like it, you don't have to go back and I went and like the way the work is very much you go if you if you can write, if you can sing, if you just do music, just do lyrics, whatever you want, you know, you can go there and there'll be somebody there for you. And I went and I had my songs, I had my guitar, you know, I was I was quite shy, I was quite intimidated by it all. But one thing they helped massively with was confidence, just being like, no, come on, just sing a song. Like, nobody's going to turn around and say, oh, you're crap. Like, it's it's not a case of that it's um just a case of giving encouragement and that's what they did massively for me was encourage me to come out my shell and be like yeah this is something that you should be doing um which i'd never had before because obviously you have like i mean me mum and dad bless them must have been fed up with me like coming and saying <laughs> what do you think of this song um because i mean what more what more can they say other than like oh yeah no um so that was the first time i'd gone in a situation to people who were strangers at that point and being like oh okay this is this is a bit of me this is my song do you think getting into the the local music scene was a bit daunting oh massively I think regardless of doing it you know with no nothing attached to you I think being a young girl um and I know it's the same for many young girls now I think it's very hard to sort of because I would say I mean Sunland's progressed massively but even like I don't know a year and a bit ago it was like trying to penetrate a largely indie lad band scene and sort of like trying to make friendships there. I mean, I've got those now, but when you establish, like you need friends. And if you're a young girl going on a scene with a bit of like a songwriting that's different to the indie scene, then it's hard to sort of make those connections. Um, so it is like, I don't envy anyone who's who's like starting like where, where I was as like, again, cause it is a very like scary first step to take. For anyone that is listening and, you know, maybe they, they are playing their guitar to their mom saying, what do you think of this song? What sort of inspiration would you say to young girls that are wanting to get in the music scene, wanting to, you know, progress in Sunderland in the northeast? The best bit of advice I can give is keep going. It's so cliche, but, you know, that it's there for you. That, that market, that industry is waiting for you because there's not enough young women out there. And the one thing that you can do is don't listen to if somebody says oh you need to try to do more like this to fit into the scene you need to be more like this don't listen if you it doesn't feel right to you and it, you don't feel comfortable with it then don't do it because the only person that's going to know your best is yourself and you're only ever going to create your best music when you're being yourself um so i think massively that's that's what all i can say is just keep going because it's it's not impossible because you know we need more female um artists out there and there's no doubt that the female talent's there it's just trying to push it out there more. Do you feel like when you started, you got the the push, the promotion that you needed to progress? Why do you think females in the Northeast don't have that representation? Because as you said, it is all male indie bands. Why are we so male indie band focused in the Northeast? Why can't the women have the platform as well? It's hard to answer, but I know myself, I mean, I was guilty of it. I think when you first come onto the music scene and you first go to your gigs when you're like, I don't know, like 14, 15, I think the, the, the ones that you go and see, like I think one of my first gigs I went with my friends was the Fratellis. And mm-hmm. it's quite, you know, it's sort of seen as like the ideal and you know, that's the, that's the wanted scene to be on. You want to be on the male indie scene because that's what makes you cool. And that's what makes, you know, with the in crowd when in actuality, you know, like 
if it's not your kind of music, then you just, you know, you need to pull yourself together and stand out, like, against that crowd. Um, I think I was lucky, again, I think if you can have a platform like Young Musicians or something similar, then I think you need to use that. Um, because it's little, you know, small grassroots places like that that recognise that that's not the way things should be and tend to be the biggest pushes for it to change. Um, so if you can get in with people like that, then, you know, you're, you're on to a winning ticket, really. Well, you seem to be on a winning ticket. You are pushing <laughs> a new, some new music is coming out. Tell me all about it. So that's coming out on um, the 12th of March. I wrote Boom when it was the first lockdown and I think like, I think if you're human and you know you have human emotion, I think everybody was angry. Not just at the way the world was in terms of COVID, but you know, you had people being, you know, discriminated against and uh, targeted for the the way they looked, you know, their, their culture, their background. And it was sort of, it was mind boggling because it was in a time when you would have thought would have been most unified against this new pandemic. And then you had people coming out and you know, creating these massive polarizations in the world. And I was just sat there thinking, oh my God, what can we do? Like, like, what's the world coming to? And I got really, um, really quite angry about it. And the best way for me to feel like I processed that emotion at the time was to, to write a song. And then that's, that's when Boom came. <laughs> well, I can't wait for it to release. Where can we find it? Where can we listen? Where can we pre-save? It's going to be everywhere. There's, it's going on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, the, the whole shebang. It'll be everywhere. And yeah, I'm very excited for it. Hi, my name's Faye Fantaro. Um, you're listening to Any Last Can, and this is my new single, Boom. Blue lights, gone fight. Dog runs, the police call. Long night, dry eyes, no friends, just dead ends up. Oh, the big bang shop, I got hand, the boomer generation of my lifetime.
like my Bible. It might sound blasphemous, but did you see the episode when his brains explode? And politics, it don't mean shit to me. Cause I'm too young to know what all that means. No, none of it matters until your freedom shatters up. Shot by God's hand The former generation Have my life planned And now I'm holding on But the silence is National Women's Day special of Any Last Can, we have an extract from the play Caterpillar, wrote by Alison Carr and voiced by Northeast actor Jackie Lai. I launched myself off the pier. The wind fills my ears and my fingertips brush a cloud as I soar past. It's soft. Fluffy as the ones your dad painted on your bedroom wall for when we brought you home and are still there. I'm propelling forward. Still forward. Have I made the jackpot distance? I'm probably not even close. But then, a gust whips your birthday balloons out of my hand. I watch them skitter away, brightly coloured dots in the blue. I expect the plummet. I brace. But no. The wind is now a breeze. It's now a whisper. And I've stopped, suspended in the sky. The light glistening of the water is blinding. I slowly stretch myself out as long as I can go. I feel my spine crick and uncurl. My shoulders loosen. I hold my head up high for the first time in... I point my toes. I hold my fingers like a dancer. Like I think a dancer might, I'm not really sure. My body hangs here. My mind is quiet. I breathe the clean, crisp air. In and out, deep and long. I picture my lungs filling to bursting. I picture you. I don't know how long this will last. It's already gone on longer than I dreamed. The drop is coming. But I've done it. It's done. I jumped. 
that's all for your International Women's Day special of Any Last Can. I've been Emma Millen, and join me next time when we chat to Northeast artist Sophia about lasses in lockdown, as well as having the hard discussion about abortion with Natasha from Abortion Recovery Newcastle. Until then, don't forget to follow us on our social media at Any Last Can, and let's prove together that even on International Women's Day and any other day of the week or the year, that here in the Northeast, any last can.